0: You are listening to IT Market Buzz, sponsored by Copy Punch IT. Here's your host, Kimberly Duran.
1: Getting more in depth with your book, your book is fantastic. I love it. It's full of great ideas. I highly recommend it. It's titled "How to Create an Unstoppable Marketing and Sales Machine," we'll put a link to it on the show notes. So um, you have in there this this concept, fusion marketing. Can you talk about what that is? Well, fusion marketing
0: really is a couple of things. One is the fact that in fusion, you bring a bunch of stuff together. Things like technology, content, budgeting, programs, processes, people. You bring elements together that previously, you know, may not have been so synchronized. And then you synchronize them and you optimize them. And then the other end of fusion, if you look at nuclear fusion, you bring very, very small things together. They create a massive explosion that's greater than the 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 parts or what is it says the sum the the total is greater than the sum of the parts that's what synergy is so fusion is just another way to say synergy in a more powerful way bringing all of these things together and that's what we we teach companies how to do or we do for them if they choose to outsource
1: it let's talk about the the elements of the fusion marketing you said there's people and technology yep
0: yeah. Programs. You know, what marketing specific marketing programs are you going to execute against? The processes, which would be how you uh, do it. We talked about that before, the end-to-end marketing and sales process, what steps you go through and how you execute those steps. You know, the budget is another one, how much money you spend on various elements of your marketing and sales programs. And those together can create very really good results, or they could create mediocre results. We put them together so that they create better results than if you don't optimize and synchronize them.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Chris, can you tell me some examples of the successes that you've you've seen happen?
0: I'll give you one example. Uh, by applying the principles that I've been talking about and certainly are, are on, on my book, uh, with one company, this is a smaller software company that was competing with giants, and I've faced that in my career. Like I said, I've worked for some really large companies, but I've also looked for some small and medium-sized companies that are challenging the larger companies, and I like that because the challenge is greater. And uh, the mm-hmm. the, uh, the challenge is greater, but the rewards are great when you can succeed. So at this mm-hmm. one company, and it was uh, less than a $10 million company, in a period of two years, we were able to triple the lead flow. I mean, three times as many leads going to the sales reps so the good thing, the best part was, at the same budget. So we took their cost per lead and reduced it uh, uh, hugely down to a third of what it was. At the same time, we took this company, and this is another concept. I'm always talking about building the database, building your communication, building your universe. We took the Mm -hmm. database from about 15,000 people, contacts, to 120,000. And the reason that this is important is now I can talk to those 120,000 at no cost. I don't have to pay to talk to them because they're on my email subscriber list. We also got them tons of industry recognition. And these kinds of, uh, results are not unusual. We've taken companies and, you know, double the size, of the amount of their website traffic in a period of about six to eight months. So these kinds of things if you practice the principles that we're talking about are, you know, not that not that difficult to do. Web optimization was an important component, messaging was a very important component, and then practicing the lower cost pull marketing techniques were very important to be able to do this.
1: You also have this phrase pinpoint marketing that you use. Can you talk about that?
0: Well, pinpoint marketing, there's a lot of different words. You know, you could call it micro targeting or uh, different mm-hmm. kinds of uh, marketing, one to one marketing. It's finding out what the needs of the individual are and speaking to them as an individual instead of a, a, a group. You know, in other words, treating all prospects are, are just the same. Mm-hmm. The good thing about when you do social media or pull marketing techniques is you're broadcasting out there to a lot of people. So let's say i do a twitter post about, you know, a quick twitter post about, um, you know, bridging the gap between sales and marketing. The people that pick up on it are the people that care about it. Everybody else it just goes and passes over their head. They don't care because mm-hmm. they're too, they're looking for what for messages that resonate with them. Create lots of content. You know, that's a B2B marketer's have to be content creators. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a key concept. I talk about it in the book. I talk about it a lot you know, on my blogs and, and different things, and certainly practice that for our clients. The more content that you have available out there that you're broadcasting, the more opportunities people have to pick up on it and to start engaging with you. The first awareness and then engagement, then you start and you know get them into the, uh, into the sales process. That's the way it works.
1: Do you have any comments on since you've been involved with launches? Do you have any comments on how to get people's attention when they don't know they need what you have? So you have so what you're saying is with pinpoint marketing people will pick up on messages that resonate with what they what they already care about. What if people don't know they should care?
0: Well, I had an old boss that used to uh, use the concept that he would say, you know, do you want to sell bibles or do you want to sell religion and and the, what he meant by that was some people already know that they need something in that case that you're selling them the bible but sometimes you have to get them earlier in the process or they would call it missionary selling right i have to mm-hmm make people aware of something and convince them that they need it. Certainly a lot of the late-night television commercials are like that, right? I need a <laughs>
1: kind of a... They do a good job. They call me in of you know,
0: selling something that you're looking at and saying, I never thought I needed that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now,
0: And that's one philosophy of doing that. We create something and we go out there and try to convince the world that they need this thing they never thought they needed. And people certainly have made a lot of money. That's creating demand versus fulfilling demand. And fulfilling demand would be, you know, where we're going out there and selling something that fulfills a need that folks already have. That's much easier to do, uh, and that is more of the pull marketing strategy to do, to find places where you can fill an existing need. Now, the need, you could put a different twist on the need, or they need it in the way you deliver it versus the way they thought they needed it delivered that's true and in that sense you are doing somewhat of a missionary type of a sale but uh that there are definitely different techniques you what know, whether you're trying to create demand for something or put yourself in front of people that already have uh a demand for that
1: as you were talking the the image of the snuggie infomercials came on mm-hmm. into yeah. my mind who would ever think that the world needed Snuggies, but they've convinced people somehow.
0: <laughs> well, in a sense, but, you know, they also people need to keep warm. So that's, remember, they're fulfilling a need for, that people have to keep warm while they're watching uh, their favorite show on television. Uh-huh. So that's a different way. So they're not creating, you know, demand for to keep warm. They're creating demand related to a, a specific way to do it.
1: <laughs> and that—that you know
0: that comes to the point, though, of really understanding your marketplace,
1: uh-huh. understanding
0: exactly what your unique differentiation is, and who would buy what you have to sell, and why, what, how it benefits them. That's—that's that's pretty, uh, you know. That's—that's uh, that's very important stuff to understand.
1: Should be an inspiration to marketers everywhere, I think.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: absolutely. The yeah. Empire can you talk about your overall perception of what marketers are already doing pretty well and what they might be lacking any patterns that you see in your practical experience
0: it's really all over the place as to what they uh, what uh, what they're doing well uh, boy that's hard to say I don't I was thinking of one of the quotes uh, uh, Tolstoy said something in his book about you yeah, know every hap every happy family is happy for the same reasons but every unhappy family uh unhappy for a different reason and -hmm. i think the same is true for marketers the ones that are really doing a good job of it you know they have their messaging right they have a good website they have a good lead generation process that delivers what the sales force needs and they have a good process to carry that through to, to closure on the dysfunctional side I would say one of the things I see a lot is lack of website optimization. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Most uh, websites are not uh, optimized from the standpoint of clearly articulating what what the company does, what the benefits are, why -hmm. you should buy it. And they don't have good processes for capturing leads and then converting leads.
1: Especially in the B2B market.
0: Yeah, yeah. I see another, It's absolutely. And then another big one is the lack of a, a, a clearly differentiated brand promise or value proposition.
1: Yeah. I just want to point out you have a section in your book for people who can't afford to, or they can't bring in outside writers.
0: Yeah, they can so, go there. It'll you know, help them, at least give them some uh, framework, some formulas to use mm-hmm. for writing copy, to uh, mm-hmm. sort of checklist that they can go through and say, does my copy meet these criteria? Very important, mm-hmm. it's a never ending quest. It, you know, marketing is like the game of golf. You, you never feel like you've arrived. There's always something more to learn, a process you can do better, you know which is why marketing seminars are well attended, and people are uh, you know have to keep learning and, and tweaking and progressing at their craft.
1: Mhm I love it in your book that you talk about playing to win. And and this, this series is really geared for people who are playing to win. We want to do marketing that eventually increases the revenue for our companies and supports the, the overall goals of the CEO. People who are not playing to win or playing, what was your phrase, playing not to lose? Right. Is that, yeah, that, yeah. That, this is not going to matter for them. But, and why
0: not? I mean, um, it makes, uh, makes, uh, makes life more fun when you can go to work and uh, feel like you have a chance to be successful.
1: I wanted to touch on you encourage marketers to be more paranoid. Can you talk about some things they should be more paranoid about?
0: Well, I think the what I would be paranoid always about is, you know, what my competition is doing. Are they getting to the market with a better message than I have? Are they being more aggressive than I am in reaching out to uh, the prospect universe? are they doing a better job of social media or pull marketing strategies than my company all of these things which they can come up in uh, and blindside you if you're it's basically uh, i guess the message is not to be complacent or feel like you've you've got got it figured out because you're doing okay a lot mm-hmm. of companies particularly in the technology area where i came from you yeah, i was a executive in the software industry for many many years companies come out of rough field, they leapfrog your technology, they they just um they do things in a unique way and, and you're and you're saying what what hit me there? You know, why aren't why are our sales down and, and so forth. So staying on top of things and learning about your craft, being a being a marketer, be a marketer that understands the newest technologies, social media, pull marketing, blogging, these kinds of things. It's part of the world we live in today. So you might as well stay on top of your game.
1: Do you find that marketers have a good way of staying on top of what their competitors are doing? Are they so? Are they really not paranoid enough about that? Uh, I think
0: a lot of them are not paranoid about it. That's one part of your question. The second part is it's pretty easy to stay on top of what people are doing. You can do a Google alert, subscribe to your competitors' blogs, follow them on Twitter. And find all kinds of information about them. I, I think you, I think you can uh, uh, do a pretty good job of staying on top of the competition. It's not that hard. It's technology makes it a lot easier. You don't have to do the mm-hmm. industrial spy kind of thing to figure out what your competition is.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I also want to throw out there for people that you do have a great chapter on channel marketing. For people who are interested in that topic, it's, uh, it includes seven lessons for working within a channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then let's jump to what you're working on now. So over at Fusion Marketing Partners, you have a webinar series coming out.
0: Yes, yeah, so our webinar series is about emerging trends in uh, in uh, B2B marketing and sales and it's basically bi- uh, built around four things that we believe you have to be really good at to have a first-class marketing and sales organization and so it's a four-part series we've invited in several uh, top experts on these subjects. The first one, I think it's September 8th if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to talk about branding and positioning, how to create a unique and defensible brand promise and how to create a messaging platform that flows from that brand promise and then we're going to talk about website optimization which is a huge topic and a huge mm-hmm. way to get more effectiveness in your marketing organization the third of the series we'll talk about social media and pull marketing i've been talking about how important they are but this webinar is going to discuss exactly what you need to do and not do, not waste your time doing, to get real results because a lot of the social media stuff, people are out there doing things that just don't have much impact, and likewise, are not doing the things that could get them positive impact. So we're going to talk about that. And then the final one, kind of a wrap-up session, we're going to talk about sales enablement. And that goes back to what we were talking about, bridging the gap between marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. what sales can do after the handoff from marketing to make sure that they get the best value out of everything marketing has produced. And when we talk about value, we're talking about how to make sure that these leads turn into revenue. And so uh, we've got a couple really top-notch speakers on that one. So uh, I don't have a link yet because we haven't posted it yet, but the uh, details of the uh, seminar will be up uh, at our fusionmarketingpartners.com website again. Uh, com. the website will have information uh, any day now about the uh, webinar okay. series and you can go up sign for one, one uh, or all four of them and if uh, you're listening to this after the webinar series because I know that you do a great job Kimberly of keeping the content alive if you're hearing it afterwards I'm sure we'll have a link to the webcast mm-hmm.
1: yeah and we'll put a link in the show notes so people can find it. So you have um, you have written four books. Is that right? That's correct. Can you give me a, a quick overview of, of what you've written about?
0: Well, it's always been about marketing. It's been about technology mm-hmm. and marketing. Starting my first one was about direct marketing, and then one, the second one was called The Master Marketer, and then one called Virtual Marketing, The Battle for the Customer's Mind. But the fourth one, the How to Create an Unstoppable Marketing and Sales Machine, the one that was just... We published this one uh, last November. This book, I think, is the one that has the overall best, uh, and it's up to date. So when people say, hey, could, should we go buy your other book? I say, no, don't bother because you're going to get most of the information in the last book, and it's up to date. The, the one before that was published back in 2001, and boy, the marketing world has changed a lot in just the mm-hmm. last uh, eight or nine years. So just stick with the last one.
1: Yeah, and that's available on Amazon. We'll put a link to that, too. I I have a few more minutes with you. Can I ask you, what are some of the changes that you've noticed in the B2B market, say, over the past 10 years? What used to work that really doesn't work now? Well, the huge
0: change is the Internet. That has really been the focal point for everything else, because now it allows a small B2B marketing company to effectively compete with much larger companies, and... uh, this has had, yeah, a profound impact on your ability to reach out. So that you don't have the geographic limitations that you had before, you can talk to companies, prospect companies, all over the world from uh, from your bedroom if you so chose choose to do so. So I think email as an inexpensive way to communicate, and that's really come on strong in the last uh, ten years or so, and certainly all of the social media where now you can. And make uh, folks aware of you uh, through very low cost and efficient methods, but it also the other side of that coin is it's increased competition, so no one can rest on their laurels it's uh It's kind of even the playing field somewhat because now the smaller companies can do things in a low cost way to compete with the uh, with the bigger players.
1: do you have any comments specifically for the software industry how their marketing has changed
0: well, yeah, I think the uh, I spent uh, the last three years before I opened Fusion Marketing Partners at at a company, you mentioned it earlier, Spring CM, that sells uh, basically rent software. It's software as a service, and that was a fundamental change, which made it much easier for companies to come in at low cost and use your your software service and get the same benefit instead of installing a big legacy software system. Uh, But on the other hand, it made it much easier for you to lose that business too they weren't as tied to you uh, mm-hmm. but uh, so i think that's been a big change and then again the change in how we market and sell and uh it's just a, it's just a different model and as we talked about before i think it takes a new kind of a sales rep who is there to help facilitate what the buyer already wants to do instead of forcing the buyer into a process that in other words the the buyer now owns the process, not the seller.
1: All right. Well, Chris, I, I promised you we'd finish on time. So I am so, so happy you could be our guest. I'm just glad that you're on the planet writing books about all your smart ideas. So thank you very much for coming.
0: And, and Kimberly, thank you. It's been a been a real pleasure. Thanks for the great questions and hope uh, folks that listen to this get get a lot out of it. You have been listening to IT Market Buzz with your host, Kimberly Duran. Please visit our sponsors at www.copypunch.com.